Welcome to Insights into Action from KPMG, where we bring together business professionals and specialists from KPMG and beyond. In each episode, we'll delve into real-world stories and share unique insights that provide tangible actions that will benefit your business and help you navigate today's challenges and tomorrow's opportunities. Welcome to the Insights into Action podcast series. My name is Peter Liddell, and I lead KPMG's Global Operations Center of Excellence. In this series of bite-sized episodes, we explore a number of trends we've identified that will create both challenges and opportunities for supply chains in 2023. Looking at issues such as cybercrime to sustainability, we'll be unpacking everything our clients need to know in order to set themselves up for success. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing how difficulties in accessing materials has left supply chains in turmoil. Joining me today is Jorge Salam. Jorge is a partner in KPMG's deal strategy team. He has more than two decades of experience helping funds and corporates get the most out of their investments. Jorge has built his career connecting the dots between strategy and operations, and he's an expert in supply chain and procurement. Welcome, Jorge, and thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much, Peter, for inviting me today. This topic we're speaking about, so material access, I mean, this is not a new challenge for for global supply chains, but through the pandemic, there was a big shift from just in time to just in case. And for the first time ever, big global supply chains started to put inventory buffers through most nodes in the end-to-end value chain, not just at at end manufacturing or end consumption point. If we roll our mind forward for 2023 and beyond, what do you think might be the materials or parts or components that different industry sectors should be really concerned about and maybe you know start to advance their planning capabilities to ensure they don't get caught out? I would say that the whole supply chain issue at a global scale starts with certain commodities. So we are seeing, for example, in the wind industry that some rare earths that are exclusively in certain parts of the world, such as Canada, Australia, or the north of China, are being controlled by certain companies or certain governments. These type of products are creating a cascading effect across the supply chains and their scarcity is impacting other manufacturers further downstream in the supply chain or in the value chain. So that's the, the first type of commodities, right? So scarce materials such as rare earths. The, the second one I would point out is everything that can achieve cost advantage through scale. And the best example for this is semiconductors. We saw the crisis in the last couple of years and the impact it had from Taiwan and from mainline China onto the car supply chain, onto the consumer electronics supply chains as well. That's something that governments in Europe and in the US are trying to regain control on, building capacity, which is not easy, and engaging some of the global manufacturers in new manufacturing facilities in OTD countries. And last, I would say that all products and services that rely on their cost competitive advantage will most likely struggle and efforts needs to come from product innovation on process maybe to be able to increase margins with clients and not rely so much on the efficiency of the supply chain further upstream. Well, I 
I've heard you reference that word cost. It's probably one of those things that's always on the top of minds for any supply chain manager, even when they run domestic, regional or global supply chains. In fact, in our global supply chain survey that we commissioned in November last year, a massive 71% of the companies that responded highlighted how raw material costs was now their number one threat for their supply chains in 2023. Thinking, again, what's happening in different industry sectors, is there a way for supply chain managers that they can create innovation or do something different to start mitigating the impact of some of these skyrocketing costs, particularly those of certain commodities that we know where demand still significantly outstrips supply? And is it realistic that they can plan and manage the cost of those commodities, those products, in such a year where the global climate, let's be honest, is still quite volatile? That's a a very good question, Peter. Honestly, the role of the supply chain director in any company has changed a lot. It's no longer about pure tendering and achieving unitary cost reductions with your suppliers. The enhanced supply chain function is more about collaborating with your suppliers, collaborating with your internal organization to find innovative solutions to reduce overall cost of delivery. Measures or levers like design to cost, design to manufacture, play an increasing role in meeting companies' profitability targets. And to achieve this type of, say, double-digit cost reductions, or at least preventing skyrocketing costs, requires supply chain managers to work with engineering, with logistics, with other parts of the company to be able to deliver the same value with less or to change structurally type of products or service that we are requesting to our vendor ecosystem to be able to still comply with the requirements from our clients. So the role of the supply chain manager as the guy who squeezes suppliers is over in, in these volatile contexts is all about finding alternatives to current supply, working together with your vendors and with your colleagues internally. Yeah, when I think about innovative solutions, we hear and talk about digital capability or digital tools and solutions, analytics, better use of data. Are you working with or know of providers in the market that are providing these types of innovative solutions that could really help supply chain managers to analyze, predict, or be far more agile and responsive when they try to manage these types of material shortages? Yeah, and that applies both, again, internally and externally. Most of the clients we work with don't fully exploit the information they have at their hands internally. So bad coding of purchasing categories, bad register of orders or procurement agreements. So there's a lot of information that is still underutilized by supply chain organizations. What we see more and more is that they are building specific teams within the supply chain organization and working together with internal digital transformation colleagues to build intelligence around procurement and to build data-driven organizations. So there are tools out there in the market that can help you gain better understanding your information around procurement and around logistics that you don't necessarily need to code yourself. What we see is that the digital transformations in companies are seeking ways to 
achieve cost reductions and create real impact. And procurement is an area where they often start because there's a very clear link between savings and vendor contracts. In addition, on the back end of the procurement process, on everything that's related to invoicing and collections, there's also value there. Not necessarily percentage-wise, but there's a lot of complexity in managing those situations, those processes. And the only way to really find value is by using digital tools that can help you automize the inspection and the validation of the invoices with the original orders. And actually on that type of capability, it's been interesting to see in the startup world some really interesting, highly innovative solutions that have taken that whole supply chain, supplier, mapping, transaction, validation process that used to be a very difficult manual approach, particularly when you push beyond tier one, tier two suppliers, right? Mm -hmm. Now making that really simple, really quick, much higher degree of accuracy so that clients now have validity around not just where the material is being sourced from, but who's actually handling it, which trading partners are participating in that end-to-end value chain. So I think this is a space where when it comes to innovative solutions, I think we'll see a lot more really impressive innovative capabilities come to market over the next 12 to 18 months. Absolutely. So in terms of clients in your part of the world, Jorge, what sort of advice are they seeking and are you giving them when it comes to forecasting their operations over the next 12 to 18 months? Our clients need to realize or gradually realizing that uh, the first role of the head of supply chain is to help the company as a whole in the planning and budgeting process. And this is not only about estimating future real costs, it's about being able to offer the rest of the organization levers to optimize commercial positioning or pricing, for example, or to rearrange production planning. So the role of the supply chain manager is key. So that being said, we believe that the role in terms of planning of the procurement activity needs to also focus on value and that there are often unexplored levers around meeting deadlines, about reconsidering quality standards or product availability that is key for clients and that cannot be done without the help of the procurement department. So greater focus on value rather than unitary costs. And last, I would say, yes, there is a need to be harsh on negotiations with skyrocketing prices and put the focus also on, on margins. All right, final question for you, Jorge. And again, we all know many organizations moved out of survival mode now into building resilience so that they can ensure the long-term success of their supply chains. What would be the first step you'd recommend to supply chain managers in building efficiencies that help to offset the impact of material access restrictions and cost escalations? For me, it would be just one word, is collaboration. Collaboration internally with company operations to better meet client requirements, but reconsidering the specs and collaboration also with the supplier ecosystem, creating those, say, bonds and an alignment on the product specs and alignment on the manufacturing and delivery process that would help the company regain competitiveness in the market. So for me, Peter, it's just one word, collaboration internally and collaboration internally with the supplier ecosystem. Appreciate that, Jorge. Thanks so much for your time. For those listening to this podcast, if you'd like to explore this topic in more detail, that is material access turmoil in supply chains, you can read 
our report, Supply Chain Trends Shaking Up 2023, which can be accessed via the link in the description. Here you'll also find an overview of the other trends we've exported. You can also get in touch with myself or Jorge directly should you have any further questions or would like to discuss how we can help you to navigate the challenges and explore the opportunities that come with ongoing change and disruption. Simply get in touch via the links in the report. You can listen right now to our other episodes discussing the 2023 supply chain trends wherever you get your podcasts. But for now, thanks to Jorge once again, and thanks to you all for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Insights Into Action. Please visit our website for more advisory insights and all the other episodes in the series. Make sure to subscribe through your podcast provider so you're alerted for any new episodes and check out the other podcasts available from KPMG. Thank you and see you next time.